This is Lower Town. Welcome to the first edition of This is Lower Town, a podcast created by LowerTown.info, the online visitor's guide, news magazine, and community information portal serving the arts neighborhood of Lower Town, St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm your host and the editor of LowerTown.info, Nigel Parry. This show was recorded on the weekend of the 12th and 13th of April, 2020. In this show, our main news feature explores how the cancellation of the St. Paul art crawl due to the coronavirus crisis has impacted local artists. Hear music from Lower Town musicians Eric Carranza and Jerry Cossack from our Green Line Tracks playlist. Desdemona presents The Last Inkling, Spoken Word in the Time of COVID, to keep your brain occupied and inspire you to create. Learn more about one of Lower Town's art hubs, the Show Gallery. St. Paul's Queen of Jazz, Pippi Ardenia, takes the stress out of song stress in a segment called Drop Down Pearls. Pick up some new dog care and training tips from local dog spurt Tessa Anderson in her segment, Pick It Up. And we'll hear more about news and events in the Lower Town neighborhood. Lower Town. The cancellation of this year's St. Paul Art Crawl was a blow to local artists who rely on the event to promote and sell their work. Thus, the organizer of the event, the St. Paul Art Collective, is encouraging the public to support artists as much as possible right now and are exploring options to help artists promote their work throughout the year. We spoke with Dave Evans, president of the collective, and four Lower Town artists to hear about their future plans. We feel devastated as we'd invested all the funds we'd collected into the event, said Evans. We have no idea what effect this will have on our members. The art crawls become a major source of income and an important way to establish client relationships for participants. In all the scrambling that's occurred since the coronavirus wave hit Minnesota and forever changed our lives, one solution has been to leverage the internet. As of press time, the collective planned to hold a virtual art crawl during the weekend of the original scheduled event, April 24th to 6th. In mid-April, staff were busy contacting member artists and discussing creative ways for them to host live events and inform buyers about how to purchase their art. The virtual crawl was scheduled to include video performances from artists and musicians that allowed the public to get a glimpse into the artists' working spaces. Northern Warehouse resident, musician and music teacher Eric Carranza planned to post links to all of his music and was optimistic that the virtual crawl might help him reach a wider audience. Over the years, the St. Paul Art Collective has developed a large following of artists and art crawl participants alike, and now has a large capacity for public outreach. This information will be shared across all our established social media platforms, reaching more than 10,000 collectors and lovers of art, said Evans. Our partnerships with Jazz 88.5 FM, Visit St. Paul, and the St. Paul Area Chamber of Commerce allow us a reach that our members deserve in this unprecedented time. The crawl has been the lifeblood for some local artists, including Joby Lynn Sassley James, a visual artist and Lower Town resident. The St. Paul Art Crawl and Art Award in northeast Minneapolis make up over one-third of my annual art income, she said. Just missing these two events is extremely financially debilitating. Josephine Giger, a glass artist and treasurer of the collective, is in a similar situation. It's important to me as an artist because my sales typically pay my bills for the next month, she said. I'm not sure what will happen come May or June. While musician Eric Carranza doesn't make any significant income off the crawl, he is dramatically affected by the pandemic nonetheless. Every single event, concert, performance and gig I had in the calendar has been cancelled, he said. Performing regularly is a large part of my income stream. I also do a yearly teaching residency with a creative arts school, which is also now cancelled as schools scramble to offer distance learning to prepare for end-of-year testing. Sassley James is in the same boat. I own a mobile art gallery bus and do outdoor events two to seven times a week through the warm months, she said. This is the time of year that I've either booked or am in the process of booking events from April through October. All events that I booked through June, and some beyond, have been cancelled. Other events are not putting out the public calls that they usually would have by now. Two gallery shows that I was scheduled to be in have also been cancelled. So many show organisers are listening to what so many people are saying about not wanting to be quick to go back out into crowds, she added. I'm not sure when they'll start actually planning large shows again. 
it kind of feels like it might never happen. That sentiment is shared by artists far and wide. Every show across the country has been cancelled, and the ones that pushed through and held events in early March regret they did, because sales were dismal, attendance sucked, and people got sick, said Giger. Lisa Matheson, a glass artist who lives in the Tilsner building, said her bevy of jobs has been affected as well. I'm routinely offered teaching positions, art and craft sales opportunities, and gallery shows. Often out of town, she said. Since the world has pretty much closed down, these are all lost opportunities. With a compromised immune system from past health issues, she has a reason to be concerned for her health as much as her income stream. But she is trying to look on the bright side. I do try and maintain a positive attitude, though, and it's my hope that these opportunities will be rescheduled for a later time, said Matheson. Everyone we spoke with agreed that it won't merely be a short-term storm to weather for some artists and arts organisations. Some of the venues that have cancelled upcoming events are now living with an existential threat. It's hard because fees have been paid to shows that are no longer happening, and artists are out of that money as well as any money they may have earned through sales, said Giger. Many of the shows that had to cancel are also struggling because they have expenses already incurred through planning and coordination, and are now also dead in the water in terms of show revenue and donations. Some of these shows have reserves to refund booth fees. Some are holding fees for future dates, some are giving partial refunds, and some are operating in such a tight budget that they will be bankrupt if they have to refund fees. Many artists depend on specific shows to sell their art, and have already noticed a national chilling when it comes to people willing to purchase art. My work doesn't typically sell in any other way other than in person, said Sassley Jones. Having people see my work in my spaces, both my loft and my bus, or in any stores I choose to sell in that follow my aesthetic, is my formula of selling my small items. Most of my large work sells in person in galleries, and that's not possible right now. People are also opting not to spend money due to the uncertainty of things, she continued. It's feeling a lot like the financial crisis of 2007 to 2008 all over again in that regard. If people were willing to spend money, then I would not be seeing sales in my Etsy shop, which has both small art and vintage items, drop to almost nothing. The artists interviewed for this article were not only concerned about their own welfare, but that of the Twin Cities art scene as a whole. Overall, I think there will be a lot fewer art shows and opportunities in the future because many of the organisations that sponsor these shows and festivals will be forced out of business, surmised Giger. Evans opined similarly about the lasting consequences of the pandemic. This plague, he said, will change how we feel about our social connections for many years. Join local artists for the virtual St. Paul Art Crawl at www.stpaulartcrawl.org. Eric Carranza has lived in Lower Town for over eight years and contributed the music for this podcast theme tune, parts of a track called Glory, from his June 2019 album Flared Opinions, released under the band name Excessive. You can listen to the full eight-track album at excessivemusic.bandcamp.com. Let's stick with Eric for the first ever track from our Green Line Tracks playlist, highlighting the songs and music of Lower Town performers. Eric Carranza was chosen as 2019 Artist in Residence by the city of Landsborough, Minnesota, two hours southeast of Lower Town by car. He proposed a project consisting of gathering and recording stories from residents in the area and composing music inspired by the stories and his experience in the Root River area. Much of the month Eric was there was spent conversing with locals and biking different parts of the Root River State Trail to find sunny spots next to the river to create and record with a mobile studio. By the end of his four-week residency, Eric had composed and recorded a 23-track album of music and stories, Root River Vibes. Here's a track from the album, featuring an Irishman who happened to be visiting Landsborough during Eric's time there. This is Finnegan's Wake. This is a wee song. It's a song called Finnegan's Wake. It's about a fella. He was a small builder in Ireland. Well, himself, he wasn't that small. He was about six foot four, but... He built small things because he, he didn't want to be a big contractor. And the thing about this lad was he was fond of the old drink. So every morning he would get up and he'd have his breakfast. He'd have a cup of tea and a slice of toast. And away he'd head off in his old van. And he'd stop at four or five pubs on his way to his first job. And at each pub he'd have a couple of pints of Guinness and maybe two or three whiskies as well. So by the time he'd reach his job, he'd have seven pints of Guinness and 
five or six whiskies. And then he'd, nice and mannerly, he'd take out his tools and he'd set up his ladder and off to do his job. So one day, that kind of backfired on him and halfway up the ladder, he had a bit of an accident. And that's not the real story. The real story is what happens after that is when he dies. At an Irish wake, what happens is the man is laid out. He's normally laid out inside the window just to keep things okay. And he's on the right-hand side of the kitchen. And on the left-hand side, there's a huge, big, long table. And on that table, there would be cheese and ham sandwiches. And normally, they're gone off because um, the women in Ireland start making sandwiches about a week before you die because for some reason they know you're going to die. So in preparation to have the sandwiches made. So they're all sitting there on the table anyway. And also on that table you have bottles of stout, bottles of smiddix, and of course you have whiskey. And in older days when you'd arrive at the wake you would also get yourself a little small clay pipe which would be full of tobacco. I think that was something that came from America, it came from the Indians. but. That's what happened at Awake anyway. So this is where we start into this song. It's about a lad by the name of Tim Finnegan. Tim Finnegan lived in Walker Street, a gentleman Irish mighty odd. He had a broad boat rich and sweet, and to rise in the world Tim carried a hod. Ah, but Tim had a bit of a tiveller's way, with the love of the liquor he was born. And to carry him on his wage day, he'd a drop of the crater every morn. Wax him a da, will you dance to your partner? Round the floor, will you thunder and shake? Wasn't this the truth I told you? Lots of fun at Finnegan's wake. One morning, Tim felt rather full. His old head felt heavy, which made him shake. He fell from the ladder and broke his skull. And they carried him off his corpse to wake. Oh, they wrapped him up in a nice clean sheet. And they laid him out upon the bed with a gallon of whiskey at his feet and a bucket of porter at his head. Wax him a da, will you dance to your partner? Round the floor, will you thunder and shake? Wasn't this the truth I told you? Lots of fun You can listen to and download the full 23-track album at Eric Carranza with two R's, dot bandcamp.com. If that's not enough Irish for you, especially given the cancellation of St. Patrick's Day in St. Paul for the first time in 54 years, check out the feature with Lowertown photographer Tom Dunn on lowertown.info. Tom is well known for his documentary photography project, The Irish of Minnesota, begun five years ago and now exceeding 100 portraits of members of Minnesota's Irish community. Browse some of the portraits in the feature article about Tom on our site at lowertown.info, part of the Lowertown Pioneers series. This is Lower Town. In our spoken word segment, The Last Inkling, spoken word in the time of COVID, we welcome internationally renowned hip-hop artist, spoken wordstress, and five-time Minnesota Music Awards winner for Best Spoken Word Artist, Desdemona. Desdemona released her first album, The Ledge, in 2005, and her second, The Source, in 2007. The Source reached number 10 on the national hip-hop charts and was recorded at Fuzzy Slippers Studio, a record label based in the Union Depot until 2012. Desdemona's 2009 spoken word album, Inkling, was also recorded there. Desdemona moved to Lowertown in 2008. In a recent interview with Lowertown.info, Desdemona explained her motives, saying, Initially it was about the building, the apartment layout. I'd been to Lowertown before, to the St. Paul Farmer's Market, the Black Dog Cafe and other places, but it was only after I'd moved here that I found out how amazing the neighborhood was. I'd lived all over the Twin Cities metro area and suburbs, she said, 
but this was the first time I felt such a sense of community. Here is Desdemona with the last inkling, spoken word in the time of COVID. Once in future. We painted dawn into midnight. Out of cement ceilings, we made skylights. From gravel, we crafted fine and delicate chandeliers, hung them with fishing line so they appeared to float in midair. We turned copper piping into rings, Venus circling our fingers. The oxidation turned our digits green, our limbs transforming into ferns and orchids. We breathed and our condensation created clouds. Our tears fed the sea. We prayed to all the living things, and we sat in silence with the trees, our feet rooting into the ground to touch the highest energy. The evergreens and us, we breathed in tandem, and inside our lungs sprung a forest of veins mimicking their cousin's limbs. We sprouted two intricate flowers in our minds for the right and left hemispheres. We hung our thoughts there, believing that the petals would keep them safely tucked away. We recognized ourselves. Didn't need mirrors to see our likeness. Even the dirt felt like our skin. The sand, our bones in a trillion pieces. We walked atop these beaches, sinking in, their legacy holding us. There was silence, and we were not afraid. There was peace, and we were not anxious. There was a world we did not conquer. That was Desdemona with The Last Inkling, spoken word in the time of COVID. Desdemona's music can be found at desdemona.bandcamp.com. Check out our recent interview with Desdemona, part of the Lower Town Pioneer series, on lowertown.info. Learn more about how one of Lower Town's art hubs, the Show Gallery, came to be in the segment from a 2015 City of St. Paul video feature on the gallery. Lina Bernard, artist, social worker, and founder of The Show Gallery. During the day, I'm a social worker, and I work with people with disabilities, and I have for over 20 years. And through my years of experience, I've had the opportunity to visit quite a few art programs to support artists that happen to have disabilities. And about three years ago, I had toured a bunch of programs and uh, was shown a, a beautiful glazed piece of pottery that I just fell in love with. And uh, when I left that place, it, it dawned on me that that piece of pottery wouldn't be seen by anyone but me. And so because of that, I decided to start this nonprofit called The Show Art Gallery that supports artists from all walks of life. But we specifically focused on pulling some of those artists that aren't seen as often in mainstream art world um, into a place where they could be. Pete Hens, artist. It gives artists who might not normally have an opportunity to show a, a place where they can do it. So yeah, it's an opportunity that, that I wouldn't have if not for this place. And I was lucky enough to collaborate with two other nonprofits. One's called the St. Paul Art Collective and the other is called MSS. And both groups support artists um, from all walks of life. I'm in the St. Paul and surrounding area. Tom Dunn, photographer and St. Paul Art Collective president. And so we decided with this new space, since we had a gallery space, uh, it would might be nice to, in this front area to make it a lower town welcome center. 
so we can talk to folks that are coming into the gallery and educate them on what happens in Lower Town, uh, talk about the artist, talk about the art activities uh, of all genres, including the art crawls and Lower Town First Fridays. And, and we just want people to know that it's a vibrant community, it's a fun thing to do, and you can on any given day come down and find out what's happening in Lower Town here at the Lower Town Welcome Center, and you can also connect with the artists. The art here is created by um, some fairly famous artists in Lower Town and some not so famous folks, but you really can't tell. We don't want artists with disabilities to be in their own gallery. That's just not really the intent. We're really trying to be inclusive, that artists, no matter where they came from, have equal access to being shown um, and equal access to making a living from selling their art. I've sold a number of pieces here and um, definitely a part of my income that's needed. I mean the art is sort of a self-esteem thing, you know, makes me feel good about myself and it just kind of takes me away from real life where, you know, I have insecurities. Um, the name of the show came out of another um, passion of mine and that's baseball. When a, a, a minor league player makes it to the majors, it's called going to the show. So I saw the similarities between a minor league player making it to the show and perhaps artists that don't have quite the training that some do actually making it to a show as well. So that's where the name came from. When the first time I saw um, that piece of art next to everyone, all the other pieces of art, it, it really hit that this was um, a really special place. The Show Gallery can be found online at www.theshowgallerylowertown.org. It's time to hear from St. Paul's Queen of Jazz, Pippi Ardenia, who's been taking time out in her back garden to listen to birds, share their wisdom, and let songwriters and songstresses Remember to take the stress out of song stress in a segment called Drop Down Pearls. Doom, doom, I drop them pearls. Have you noticed a difference? Now that I am not trading my time to earn money, it feels so expansive, you know, flowing through the day on my terms. And I give myself time for creativity and relaxation, meditation, prayer, yoga, meaningful conversations with loved ones and checking up on friends and neighbors. Well, I've been living this way for the past three years, way before this quarantine. Yet, now something seems different. I'm not talking about the obvious, like staying at home, not traveling, performing, wearing masks, social distancing, and not getting my hair and nails done, but something else. A peace is permeating in the air. Even if you're experiencing anxiety or worry of what tomorrow feel it? You know, that space to breathe, a feeling like you know something. Have you noticed it? How about the birds? Don't they seem louder? The wind blowing, the trees in a kind of rhythm. It seems like the squirrels even are carrying a different posture. Have you noticed these little things? What does it feel like to you? Well, while experiencing this quarantine, a heightened awareness has opened up by me. And I will not ignore these feelings and little things as I believe that they are here to be acknowledged, you know, maybe as signs or guideposts of a time that's evolving rapidly. So I made a commitment to usher in this time by relaxing, 
breathing and seeing my life from my soul perspective. My definition of that soul perspective is seeing from my soul eyes, remembering my purpose here, being one with everything and allowing myself to be. With this awareness, I know that trusting the energy of love has always expanded my heart space and will always be surrounding, enveloping, and streaming through me and to everyone around me forever. This is a wonderful, wonderful time to acknowledge your blessings and to focus your divine awareness of your authentic dreams and yourself. Know that the God of your understanding is with you and in you as you embark on who you really are. It's time. Well, if you'd like, I'd love for you to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, if you think someone can truly uh, benefit from this, please share it with them. Much love to you. Find out more about Pippi Adenia on her website at pipjazz.org. That's P-I-P-Jazz.org. Find her YouTube channel at tinyurl.com slash pippitube and hear her new music at tinyurl.com slash pippi and daniel. This is Lower Town. The second song from our Green Line Tracks playlist, which features songs and music from Lower Town performers, is by Jerry Cossack a well-known guitarist who's played for years in venues across Lower Town, both solo and with his band Blues Contraption. Over more than 35 years of playing, Jerry has released three recordings of original music for solo guitar. His latest album, Yossarian's Dream, named after the main character in Joseph Heller's novel Catch-22, encompasses many styles, including classical, roots and blues, and modern progressive guitar. Here's That's Fat, the fourth track from the album.
was guitarist Jerry Cossack playing That's Fat from his latest release, Yossarian's Dream. Check out his music at jerrycossack.com and catch some of his coronavirus-era live internet shows on his Facebook page at facebook.com slash jerrycossackguitar. In our dog-centric segment on This Is Lowertown, we'll hear tips and tricks about dog care from Lowertown Dog Spurts. Lowertown.info's Dog Spurts tonight are Tessa Anderson and Gillian Golden. And this is Pick It Up. Don't leave it there. Don't leave it there. Don't leave it there. Don't leave it there. Pick it up. All the news around Lower Town about dogs. My name is Tessa Anderson, and I am here with my uh, little one, Jillian Golden. She's 11 years old. She's an aspiring dog trainer. And as many of you know, I'm about as dog crazy as they come. You see me around town sometimes with three dogs, sometimes with four, sometimes with more. We won't talk about numbers. Jillian and I were just talking about things that would be helpful for people to know right now when we're in kind of our stay-at-home phase uh, with the Governor Walz's stay-at-home order for Minnesota. We're on week three. So for for this first episode, we're just going to talk about ways to combat boredom uh, for you and for your dog and how to utilize this time to really build a better bond and get a stronger training with your dog. So Jillian, you're at week three, stage one of what do you do to keep your dog and yourself busy during this crazy time of just staying at home and not being able to go anywhere and so what kind of things have you been doing and what have you found to help keep yourself and your dog from getting bored so javi is a puppy and she likes to play ball and do a lot of things that take a lot of interaction and i have been kind of stuck in different places on trying to do tricks with her and not being able to figure out the right way to do it for me and her. Mm -hmm. And so I found this cool book on Instagram. Someone was showing how to get their dog to hug their stuffed animal. And I was like, oh my gosh, this looks so cute. I wanna do this. And so I kind of got the book and was like, okay, so I'm wondering, you know, what's going to be in here. And you can get it on Apple iBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the book called? It's called The Big Book of Tricks for the Best Dog Ever. Excellent. And so I'm scrolling through, and I have had some trouble teaching my dog paw or shake. I looked it up on YouTube, and I couldn't really find the right fit or the right way for me and Javi to do it because she wasn't really understanding it. So I found Paw in the book and I was like, oh, this is awesome. The book really, really, really shows you how to do it step by step and it explains it so well. So this is the big book of tricks for the best dog ever, a step-by-step guide to 118 amazing tricks and stunts and Jillian who's 11 granted she is pretty good with dogs she is using this book to teach her dog tricks just in case you're just joining us teaching her paw was really difficult for me and I found paw in the book and I was like okay this is awesome I know I can understand how to do this and so basically first step was show your dog a treat close it around your fist and kind of get them ramped up and see if they'll start pawing at your hand and then you give them the treat. Eventually, after a few times doing that, you can move on to the next sort of like step where you will show the dog your treat and you'll close it around your fist. And then once they start pawing, then you give them a treat from your other hand. And eventually they'll start understanding, oh, okay, 
if I paw at the hand, I get a treat. And so using that, you can start opening up your hands. Maybe eventually you don't need the other treats in your hand to close it around your fist. And you can just ask for their paw and then give them treats. And eventually you won't need to give them treats. Now, it didn't take me very long to get to the point where I did not need the treats as she really was understanding what we were doing. I was understanding how to do the steps. I was understanding how to get her to do it. And then I started moving on to other tricks. Now, the book is amazing, but it may not be able to help you with everything. No. It's good, but there's going to be some things that you struggle with. For me, roll over. I, I think I was kind of getting it, but Javi wasn't. So it's just something that I need to work a little bit more on. I think that the book will be really helpful. It'll engage you and your dog. You'll mo most likely have fun. Your dog will have fun. It's just a really, really good book, and there are so many tricks in it. 118 different tricks. Now, one of the things that you and I talk about all the time is that um, if there is not a place to go get books, or let's say it's gonna take a while for you to get it and you can't download it because you don't have an iPhone, uh, one of the other ways that you can keep your dog busy other than walks and playing ball is all those cardboard boxes that are coming with stuff in them. After you have let them sit, because obviously we all know that the coronavirus lives on cardboard now. So after you've let it sit, all the cardboard boxes, it, you find one big enough and they come with all that packing paper in them. Tear that packing paper up and make what we call a snuffle box. So it's a box filled with bits of paper and you can hide their food and their treats. Sometimes we'll do it at night when they're sleeping and then when they wake up in the morning, it's like Christmas and they go through the paper and they have a bunch of fun. One of our dogs likes to sleep in their snuffle box. Every dog has kind of their own way of doing it, but it gives them something to do and something to look forward to. And no hunt is ever twice the same. That's one good thing about dogs. If there's food or treat reward or a ball reward involved in it, they get excited every single time they do it. So our dogs, they'll go look in the snuffle box just about every day they use theirs. And one of the things that you're doing to kind of craft and take up some of your time is you're making a snuffle mat, it's called. So you are tying strips of polar fleece into a dish strainer mat and you're gonna make a mat. It's about 14 inches by 14 inches and you're gonna hide treats inside of it so that they can hunt for treats in their snuffle mat. So it's kind of like if you were to hide treats in the long grass, except instead of it being long grass, it's actually polar fleece material. We'll have to post a picture on Facebook at some time when we get that done. So those are a couple of ideas for you for keeping busy during this strange time. You know, a lot of us are disruptive to our pets because they used to sleep all day long when we were home. You know, when we were at school and they were at home without us, they would look forward to their dog walker coming. Some dogs go out on pack walks, some just go out on a single walk, and they oftentimes sleep the rest of the day while we're at, away at school or at work. So now that we're home, we have to find ways to kind of keep them engaged and entertained. Pick it up. All the news around Lower Town about dogs. Don't leave it there. Don't leave it there. That was Tessa Anderson with Pick It Up, the dog care tips and tricks segments of the This Is Lower Town podcast. This is Lower Town. During the coronavirus crisis, the Lower Town Bike Shop in Union Depot remains open for both sales and tune-ups. On their website at lowertownbikeshop.com, the Pedals of Pedals have posted the following statement. Bike shops are deemed essential during the stay-at-home order. To best serve our community, we plan to keep open and operating for our normal business hours. We feel that having safe transportation and exercise is very important at this time. We will do everything we can to serve the bicycling public, while also doing our best to protect our customers and staff. The Union Depot train station is closed during the order but is still open for our customers. To access us, you can park for free in Lot A, Opsibley Street, 
and take the elevator to floor 1, or you can call from outside and we will let you in. We will be encouraging curbside drop-off and pick-up service. Give us a call or an email and we will make the arrangements. That brings us to the third song in our Green Line Tracks playlist, featuring songs and music from lower-time performers. Here's another track from Eric Carranza's Root River Vibes album, Pedal Pushing. That was Eric Carranza with Pedal Pushing from his recent release, Root River Vibes. You can listen to and download the full 23-track album at ericcarranza.bandcamp.com. So, what's going down in Lower Town? Nothing much is happening event-wise, with offices and businesses closed and all of our usual hospitality industry gathering spots shut down. Here are the Lower Town restaurants, bars, cafes and breweries still open for takeaway, curbside pickup and delivery. 
Allery's Bar, The Black Dog, The Buttered Tin, Creator Space, The Handsome Hog, Legacy Chocolates, St. Dinette, and The Urban Walk. For alcohol, Barrel Theory, Birch's Lower Town, and Lower Town Wine and Spirits remain open for takeaway and or delivery. Find their coordinates in the food and drink section of the guide at lowertown.info. Emma Burns from the St. Paul Downtown Alliance stepped up to create a custom Google map showing which restaurants, bars, cafes, and retail are open in both Lowertown and Downtown. Their attention to detail included even restaurants that are closed for business but have merchandise and or gift cards for sale so you can support the business during this uncertain time. You can find the Support Local Businesses interactive map under the Impact tab on the navigation at lowertown.info slash coronavirus. When someone else is doing a good job, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. For those looking for ways to help out, there's a local mask-making group coordinated by Bridget Anderson that are busy churning out cloth masks based on CDC guidelines for local hospitals, nursing homes, businesses that are still open, and for neighbors that are in high-risk groups due to age, underlying medical conditions, or because they're immunocompromised. Join the team of local sewing ninjas or request a mask by joining the Lower Town Mask Makers group on Facebook. You'll know you got there when you see the banner, which says Lower Town 2M. Springboard for the Arts, formerly headquartered in the Northern Warehouse in Lower Town for two decades, is now based up on University Avenue, just past the Capitol Rice light rail stop. As the coronavirus wave began to hit Minnesota, Springboard quickly sprung into action and compiled a page of resources on its website, covering everything from how to apply for unemployment to links to various emergency funds for artists. That resource quickly became a part of the navigation in lowertown.info's COVID-19 special section, found under Get Help. When someone else is doing a good job, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Springboard has also launched an emergency fund for artists. The grants, a maximum of $500 per person, would at least take out the first month's fear about how rent will be paid for many. As of April 10th, Springboard's Emergency Relief Fund has seen 1,056 applications and has paid out $280,000 to 585 artists. Springboard is calling for donations to be able to help more artists at springboardforthearts.org. Look out for your neighbors. Many who are in the high-risk groups are hunkered down at home and it's not particularly safe for them to go outside. Can you run errands for a neighbor? Get in touch with them and ask. A Facebook group exists to facilitate shopping requests from high-risk members of the community and delivery volunteers. Find the link on the main page of lowertown.info's special coronavirus section at lowertown.info slash coronavirus. Thanks to all who contributed to this podcast, Desdemona, Pippi Ardenia, Tessa Anderson, Eric Carranza, and Jerry Cossack. Thanks to Lorenzo Sono from Unicorn Riot for technical assistance with audio. Our theme tune and background music are clips from the track Grace by Lower Town musician Eric Carranza. Listen to and, for the love of shaved monkeys, buy some of Eric's music at ericcarranza.bandcamp.com. Got an idea for a segment you want to do in this podcast? Contributions to This Is Lower Town are welcome. Get in touch via the contact page on lowertown.info. We're all out of work, as the very existence of this podcast demonstrates. Lowertown.info has launched a GoFundMe appeal before our landlord goes into full bitch-better-have-my-money mode. Links to the GoFundMe and PayPal donation buttons can be found on the website. Please share the appeal to help it, what do you call it? Oh, that's right, go viral. Thanks for tuning in to This is Lowertown, a brand new podcast from Lowertown.info, the online visitor's guide, news magazine, and community information portal serving the arts neighborhood of Lowertown, St. Paul, Minnesota. Subscribe to the podcast on our website, or, assuming we don't mess up getting the first episode on there, Apple Music or Spotify. Lowertown.info also maintains an online guide to Lowertown St. Paul's food and drink, galleries and museums, music venues and festivals, outdoors and sports, and theater and dance. Follow us for Lowertown news, weather, and sports on our Twitter feed, Lowertown Info. And follow us for Lowertown arts, music, and culture news and upcoming events on our Twitter feed, Lowertown Live. If you don't use Twitter, both feeds are embedded on the front page of Lowertown.info. Facebook users, join the Lowertown community by searching for the Lowertown St. Paul group or by surfing to facebook.com slash groups 
slash Lowertown. Until next time, this is Lowertown.info's Nigel Perry signing off for the This Is Lowertown podcast. Stay well and stay at home, folks. Head over to our GoFundMe to give us some 100% contact-free hugs and wash those hands. Lower Town.